Hello, good evening, and welcome to the Sunday Night Breakdown once again, a Monday edition. Daniel Ratledge and Dave Forrester with you to go through all the exciting action and the rest of it uh, in the British Basketball League uh, this week. Dave, on the subject of which our uh, production assistant messaged me to point out that our army of listeners out there, well, yes. Rob Hunt, uh, yeah. have decided to continue on with your great feature, hashtag Ask SMB. So before we start, I'm going to, uh, if it's all right with you, address Rob's tweet, because it seems fairly pertinent to this week's game. So Rob has tweeted us, hashtag Ask SMB, uh, I am of the, brackets, unresearched view that there are less close games in the British Basketball League uh, this season only four games have winning margins less than five. The median victory is 16, and the last 10 games, average margin is 19.8 points. Any views? It is a tremendous question, uh, Rob. Uh, so I've done the research for him, because that's the way I am. Um, so for the average winning margin, I've used the mean rather than the median, just for the sake of simplicity uh, in an Excel spreadsheet. Um, and this year, so far, the average winning margin is 14.1 points per game, which is up from last year's 12.8 points per game. However, the all-time average winning margin in British Basketball League history is 13.9 points per game. So we're not actually that far off that. And as it stands, this season would rank 14th in terms of highest winning margin so above the average but not not massively uh just for uh sake of uh completeness in 1989-90 the average winning margin was 18 points a game which is the most the least was in 96-97 11.4 points per game uh 2020-21 2017-18 2016-17 all recent years that were higher than the current one and if you go back from 2012 to last season the combined average winning margin for the 11 years is 14.1 so basically the same as this year the other point that rob makes is there have been four games of five points or less the average for which over the course of a season is 48.2 i don't know the exact number of games we're going to play this season because of the playoffs now being a best of series but it would project out to somewhere around 39 which is obviously on pace to be down below uh, 48. And given the average through 31 games so far uh, is, well, we've got four. The average through the first 31 games of every other season is 5.5 games of five points fewer. So again, lower, uh, sorry, less than five points. Important clarification. Although if he'd said to me five points or fewer, which he didn't, he said less than five, but if he'd said five points or fewer, uh, there'd been seven of those. And the average through 31 games in the history of British basketball is 7.03. So basically bang on. And finally, in I know it's a lot of numbers. In terms of the last 10 games, I made it 18.8 rather than 19.8. Uh, 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 points margin victory there have been over a thousand such spells of 10 uh, games where the average was that or higher the worst spell was in 1990 where the average winning margin through 10 games was 43.3 points although skewed massively by lopsided cup games when they had all the teams in and you could win by 90 
Uh, the worst run I can find that didn't include non-BBL teams such as that is 30.7, where there was a run of 10 games in the trophy in the league that went 51 points, 15 points, 7, close game, 80, mm -hmm. 20, 65, 20, 20, 14, 15 in 1992. In the SNB era, which is all we care about, Dave, the worst run of 10 games I could find was from January. Uh, again, it was uh, 22.9, slightly skewed by the trophy games that were, were in there, but not entirely unprecedented uh, in the SNB era. We've endured worse uh, than this last 10, 10 games, Dave. So so all those numbers thrown out of you, in summation, uh, well, to quote the the late, great Dolores O'Riordan, I think it's in your head. Yeah. But what about the standard deviations to these? Well, I didn't I didn't get I didn't have time to do all of that. So I just just went I'm with not it. sure it actually is, and I hear what you said about that. Um, because I think the the interesting number would be I think we've got more parity in the league top to bottom than we ever had, insofar as almost year on year, you pick out a year I could we could look at the numbers and you could say to see a team that wasn't good enough to be in the league mm. and would not lose, not win, would lose games by an exceptional amount of points, you know, be it um, teams that were on the brink of folding, be it teams that had lost all their money, but were still in the league, that type of stuff. And so you'd have to probably take out, I think the bottom two teams from each age, from each um, year to, to really establish, you know, the games that we thought were going to be close that weren't close. Mm. Um but the numbers numbers don't lie, you know, men lie, men lie, numbers don't lie. Good job. Mm. Um and I, I do think there's a, a couple of differences and you know and I am just a little bit off with the world this week, just a bit about everything because to be honest, I haven't really been particularly entertained with with much of what's gone on this week in the games, in, in the games we've watched, I'm also a bit irritated by some things that we were told were going to improve and haven't improved. Um, the still, you know, there's still no movement on advertisements, for instance. So I'm, so I'm getting the, the same two minutes of. Um, now, uh, now I'm wondering, Dave, is that are you logged into YouTube? Would be the question because I know when I was watching it on one of right. recently, I was getting YouTube adverts thrown in, and obviously YouTube adverts based on Google, etc. And therefore, right. but if you're not logged in, they don't know what adverts to throw at you. So I think you then get the so two I minute get, feed. So I think I think it does. Right deviate based on whether you're logged in or not. I will. In that case, I'll, I'll retract, I'll withhold, and yeah. I'll come next week with it up. But that is, that is uh, obviously YouTube advertisement. And, and obviously they had the issue with last week where YouTube were just banging them in uh, yeah, in the, in the, the wrong, wrong place. So they might have turned that off. I don't, I don't know. But I've yeah. definitely, I definitely a few weeks ago went, oh, there's actual adverts in there rather than just the content holders. I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, I'd like to hear, you know, we've had an update recently about the increased utilisation or increased viewership kind of figures, which is good if, you know, provided those numbers are accurate. And I say that about all numbers nowadays because I don't trust anybody about numbers ever since. Except um, the ones I've just reeled off, obviously. No, 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 they're yeah. historical <laughs> facts, they're not numbers um, because they can be they can be skewed, but sorry, the fast card. That's good. I don't see any particular significant increase or decrease, to be fair, in the um, attendances at games. Um, I don't 
gather any particular buzz about that. Um, I'm afraid when one of your colleagues starts his starts his presentation by saying, um, "Welcome to the Copper Box in North London," uh, you know, it, it kind of frustrates me a little bit. You know, because it's like well, that famous North London powerhouse, West Ham United, playing just next door. Mm. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of experimentation going on at the moment, and I think they need um, really to work out what what they're that they're looking at and what they're looking for in relation to whether it's in. I've seen no difference in any of the in-game shows or in-game stuff that's going on. Um, I haven't spot the the production, as I've said before, that the camera work is is good um, and better than it probably has been other than outside of Sky Games the past three years. The difficulty is obviously you miss stuff. You know we've we've missed. I mean I'm still grouchy because we missed the best comedy moment of the first month, and that's Rob getting thrown out. Mm-hmm. You know, and we didn't see any of it. So I'm kind of like you know, um, and there'll be other stuff like that. So yeah, I'm just a little bit not a little bit. Um, Underwhelmed at the minute, um, and as an enthusiast, that's kind of a little bit concerning. Uh, I hope it doesn't stay that way. Maybe a few. I think also the game structure. I think yeah. I've actually, to be honest, we we talked about it in the abstract before the season, but I'm actually missing the cup more. And it wasn't just the cup games that you you know because it was maybe one weekend in in October, then one weekend in November was qualifying. Yeah, it's not just that; those games add immediacy. And they add urgency to the rest of the games because teams are realizing that hang on, you know, we've got to be ready if we're going to be playing in Birmingham in front of 10,000 in January. And everybody wants to be doing that. And it added just a little bit of early season jeopardy that I don't think is there. Mm-hmm. And, and in relation to what Rob Rob said, the question he asked, I think we may see more of it. I think we're probably going to see more of a, a home away skewing this year. I think it's going to be harder, it's harder to win away. Um, simply because teams are going to be playing lots of games, there's going to be lots of travelling, and the games that you're not up for are generally the ones when you're on the road. Mm. Um, then the scheduling has kind of frustrated me, you know, because it's, to, to, to think that it took until August 16th to come up with a fixture list that has Bristol playing Plymouth three times in the first four weeks is befuddling. Mm. Um, and um, Newcastle playing Leicester, I think, in the first three times in the first six weeks. Um, London playing twice as many games as anybody else. Um, back to backs, you know, Plymouth having to go to Caledonia on a Thursday night, the longest trip in the world, um, or in certainly in British sport. Um, yeah, I like that. Obviously, we've talked before. We complimented the league on on spreading the games out, which you know, and then you can't knock that. That uh, the intention behind that is good, but it just strikes me again as something that's kind of been half thought through. Some of it, um, you know, despite spreading the games out, you end up with. Leicester losing a game in the back-to-back this weekend, and then Manchester going losing a game in the back-to-back weekend, mm. and then of course before that we like we had um, Sheffield losing at Plymouth on a back-to-back weekend, five o'clock in sorry three o'clock in in Plymouth. So I think there needs to be a little bit more transparency about that type of stuff. I do think you know it's very good for you know bet with Dave, but it's not great. <laughs> it's not great. I don't think for the thing. And then of course the fact that there ultimately for whatever we say about the league, there isn't actually a league. It's just a regular season. Yeah. And I'll be in this this year, that's probably not going to have substantial difference to who finishes at the top. Um, but you know, you you, you talked about Euro Cup going to 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 the sixteen playoffs mm. with the top two getting an um a bye. Um 
games to eliminate two. Have the see of the games in the meantime, and the both games are, you know, it's going to be win three out of four to qualify probably. And that's me as as kind of been a, 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 a been in the past, just a little bit underwhelming, I think, at this point in time. Um, and that's in a week which Newcastle haven't even played. Yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah, no. not yet, anyway. They're about yeah, anyway, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's no comment. Yeah, but yeah, it's going to be tricky. Apparently, Sam Decker's back tonight. Um, so, yeah, so I, you know, I hope that there's a lot of um, internal thinking going on at the BBL, at the British Basketball League. I hope it's. I hope they're actually a real. There's a real concentration on the product and not just the clips. If I can put it that way, the overall product. Because my my um, belief has always been, and I appreciate this may be a, a, a kind of antediluvian dinosaurist nonsense, given that you know where, where we are now in the world with with media and that type of stuff. But my belief has always been that um, ultimately to get people to come back, you have to be. They have to be interested in the sport. To get be interested in the sport, you have to know, you have to understand the sport, or at least understand a little bit about the sport and be intrigued by the sport. Um, and yeah, the thirteen to thirty-three age group, some of that will will come into that category, and others will just you know come along for a good night out with their mates, and that's fine as well. But if you're skewing everything towards that and everything away from, um, kind of those who are interested in stories, in in um, not people's stories, but you know competition stories. You know, how are what we talk about on here? How are Caledonia going to get over the hump? You know, what's how's Leicester going to manage with all these new players? Um, you know, will Newcastle ever win again? You know, that type of stuff. Oh, we'll, sorry, sorry, I should have said sorry. Mm. Um, that type of stuff. And why is it happening? Um, I, I think you know, there needs to be a bit more, a little bit more on that. And, and unfortunately, part one of the reasons that, that it's not on that is because it's all not very consequential. A lot of these games. At this point of the season, aren't very consequential because right. we're looking at at this point, and it might be different in a month, or it might be different in two months. But at this point, it is not far fetched to say that you've got a fair idea who the eight teams in the playoffs are going to be. Mm. Mm. And and there is that thing of uh, you know Leicester losing two games this early is quite uh, unusual in the last decade, and yeah. there might be more alarm bells ringing on that. Were they? Uh, were they g- gunning for a league title, but in a regular season thing where the playoffs was is the, the was the prize? Or, yeah, or was there finishing a second or third is probably not a not a bad option. No, absolutely not. And also, if there was the pressure of you know the cup on its way. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. You know that really does. You saw the Gareth Murray. Um, we saw the Gareth Murray speech at halftime against yeah, Pat yeah. That wasn't a league game. That was a cup semi final. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason he was talking like that in the cup semi-final because there was more jeopardy in it. There was more desire in it. Everybody wants that big event, um, and, and we've 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 rather castrated the big event, unfortunately. And, and that, to me, unfortunately, as an enthusiast, as a uh, probably the enthusiast next to you, um, you know, long, 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 long term, that to me is um, is a concerning direction of travel. That's all. That's all I'll say. Concerning direction of travel. I don't think it's worked. Um, now, viewing numbers might say different and um, ultimately you might stay, but I think you have to have something which is sustainable. And unfortunately, I think in the stories you tell, it's all right, you know, watching Taj Green go to a, a record shop or a Ralph Thomas Edwards go and find out what the Bristol Foundation does and all that stuff. 
that's great, Phil. That's great, Phil. But eventually, somebody's going to want to, somebody's going to want to know, you know, where is he good enough? You know, why are they losing? Um, and um, you know, what are the the basket? Because we know, because you know, and I know, um, from being involved and being around it, that there is a massive big British basketball league grapevine. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there is, isn't yeah. it? Everybody's talking about everybody else all of the time. Mm. What's going on with them? What's going on with them? And it's yeah, a very yeah. It's a very educated one, but it tends to be the people who are closest to it. And part of the issues that I think we've had in the past, um, and I thought we were getting kind of over them, and, and certainly the, the kind of proliferation of podcasts, including this one, helps that, is that the people on the inside really never never communicated that message to the people on the outside. Mm. You know? So I remember when I, even, even, you know, even when we were the, uh, even the last few years at the Eagles, I made sure that we we I did a little two minute mobile phone interview at the end of a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. with with one of the guys from Utah, and so they could put it on social media. Just try to explain a little bit about you know what we was. And I know that's not professional. I know it's not. It's not. You know, it's not. It's not glammed up, um, in the way it could be. But I think it's it is important. And the difficulty. And I'm sorry. I'm nearly finished this particular rant now. Um, but the difficulty with that is that it requires at times criticism. Hmm. And it requires at times constructive criticism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 that is something which, you know, that you can go. The league can go one of two ways. It can glorify everybody, and I've got a problem with that. It can put everybody up on a pedestal and and talk about them and you know, what a great you know this is, what how great this guy is, how great that guy is, what a player that is, what a player that is. But you know that for every good player you see, hmm. there's generally a mistake at the other end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. turnover. And there needs to be a balance in relation to explaining, unfortunately, some of the, the, the less um, welcoming or welcome things from, from the, that type of perspective. Why has that coach done that? Why has that player done that? Um, and what impact is that having on the rest of the season? All that stuff. I know we do a bit of that, but we're all we're doing this posthumously. And we're doing it in, in our own time, basically. Uh, and I know you try and do it on, on commentary and just try and raise questions and stuff like that. Um, but it's that kind of that kind of narrative, which I I think we're missing, and I think that needs a little bit of basketball inside a ship, and I think it needs somebody who's not un, unwilling to just kind of stir the pot a little bit and a little bit less boosterism. That's probably that's probably unfair. I'll be honest, mm-hmm. but it's where I, it's it's where I see it at this point in time. Anyway, that's grouch over. Shall we talk about this? Nonsense? Shall we talk about basketball? Yeah. Uh, let's let's just do our. Fortunately, Newcastle didn't play this week, so we have no outrageous call against them to go through in Europe. Should we just touch on the two European games? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Towers Hamburg, Violia Towers Hamburg, ninety four, yeah. London Lions, a uh, hundred. Another big fourth quarter comeback from from the Lions in that one, thirty five twenty four. They were eight down early in the fourth, and it, they were pretty comfortable, even though it's six. And in, in the end. Yeah, oh, I thought they were great. Mm. You know, I mean, that that actually was actually probably the best game of the whole week. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah, I thought they were great because of the, the, the you know the, the head coach wasn't there, so you got to give young credit. You know, mm. and the day winning, winning, winning multiple games in a row. And Jordan Taylor. And Jordan Taylor, who yeah he was doing a lot of <laughs> there as well. To be fair, yeah. Um, but that's important. You know that type of you know that type of leadership. That type yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, you know they have to have voices. Um, and to be honest, it's, it's it's smart coaching as well because you can't be the same guy. You can't be the mm. you can't immediately jump into the shoes of the head coach and have the same level of authority. So you have to delegate more. 
you have to have more voices around you. So you because you've got to take the group along by consensus, as opposed to taking the group along by um, the threat of you know withholding minutes and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So so it works. But no, I mean there was a also there was a a, a lane violation on the foul shot in the first first mm. half. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. referee looking at the right line. Yeah. Um, and I just thought London in the fourth quarter, you know, they just made all the plays they needed to, yeah. and Matt Morgan and Connor Morgan in particular. But basically, whoever's turn it was. Tariq Phillip made a um, really vital pull step back um, shot and he's playing really, really well. Mm. And Luke Nelson came in and, and obviously made some shots. And I think Luke Nelson's played in Germany. I might be wrong. Mm. I, don't, I be wrong. don't remember off the top of my head. Well, maybe he had played in Germany when he came out of college. So maybe he's trying to... He certainly made the shot against... He certainly played against Germany. For yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So I think that's probably where I get it from. That In that game, he was playing against Germany and they were aware of him. Yeah. Um, and they, they, but no, they were really, really good. Um, and um, you know, in the fourth quarter, they got what they wanted, and then they executed, and they played. They played the fourth quarter of that game like it was a, a mid-season game. Mm. You know, I would have to say that. So, you know, that's a big win for them. It's yeah, probably yeah. one of the away games they had to win. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um, but um, you know, overall, you know, when they bring Decker back and integrate him. Into that because that's the one kind of spot they've got at the moment. They're playing the three guards with Solowardi and Nelson and Philip and, and Morgan and Jordan Taylor. So they've got five then. They're generally playing three of them at the same time. It's pretty rare he's playing Grantham and Morgan together and Connor Morgan together. Um so when Decker comes in and takes that spot, you've got a little bit more depth in at the guard spots. Um they've you know they've really got a chance. But Matt Morgan is 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 a game changing player. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. don't need France Pro in scoring mm. without being a game-changing player. Mm. And he's playing confident at the moment because he's able to score on, on, on the weekends. And, um, yeah, they did really well. Yeah, really both well. the Morgans, or Latani Philip, all uh, 17 or more points. The other game uh, in Europe, uh, Spartak Pliven, uh, of I think that's how you pronounce it, of Bulgaria, 73, Bristol Flyers, 90. First European victory for... Uh, the Flyers in their European debut. They struggled a little early on with all those threes, but once once they got going, this was a pretty comfortable game. This looked easy for them. Yeah, we underestimate. Look, we underestimate. We overestimate um, foreign leagues mm. as a rule. There's 47 in Europe. Anybody who talks about Europe as a conglomerate, you know, it's just nonsense. You can't. You know the difference between Bulgaria and Kosovo and and France, Pro Bay and Latvia, whatever. They're all they're all different. But one of the kind of the few overarching principles that you can probably figure out is at a certain level, our league is going to be consisting of more athletic players in their league. And that isn't stereotypical because obviously all these, it's generally the case. We've seen it with other players coming into our league. So I thought in this game, yeah, the, the Bulgarians could shoot and they made some shots. But when Bristol got into them eventually, and, and their athleticism paid off. And they obviously had Brad Green and his size, and Brad Green's perfect for a game like that because he, he, he they're not denying him. They're not athletic enough to deny him the catches. Okay? You know, they're, they're, they're just basically playing him straight up. And, and Bristol played at their speed. And, and when Bristol, you know, em, emphasised their athleticism, and Lucas and um, Johnson and um, Ollison, obviously, and Jacob, you know, that's four really athletic guys, long on the perimeter, um, who can 
who can make plays. And I think you'll we'll see a lot of that. We even we saw that a little bit with, with even with the Newcastle game in in Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Um, that the uh, maybe their execution isn't our execution isn't quite as sharp as some of these teams. But in execute, if you, it's fine. Your execution being short. If you can't get an entry pass in, it doesn't matter. Mm. You know, if you you've got to be able to handle the, the the people being in your face first. So I think we, you know, London. You take London out of Europe, um, out of kind of the BBL conversation. Well, they're not a BBL team or not a British Basketball League team historically. They're not. They're they're, they're at a higher level than that, and it's not. They're not a fair reflection of, of where our league is. They're far higher than that. Um, but the other three teams are. And I think they'll. I think they're going to do okay. Mm. Um, Caledonia. We'll go, we'll talk about them a little bit later, but um, they're going to do okay. Yeah, we so can talk about them. Congratulations, well done. Yeah, yeah, well done. Uh, we can talk about them now because no, uh, just before we do, Green thirteen of seventeen for twenty six yeah. and seven. Four of the five starters in double figures. Uh, let's go to Caledonia Thursday night. Caledonia Gladiators ninety nine, Plymouth City Patriots. 83 although when you say we'll talk about them a bit i think you're talking about the next game rather than this one but we'll yeah, we'll do the, we'll do them in order yeah um relatively close game in the first half the one thing uh with plymouth is when the game is still on they look so much better than when they get 10 points behind they they they're, they're not a team that oozes comeback when they get 10 points behind yeah they're a pop balloon aren't they spins mm. mm. off around the room and then just mm. settle quietly in the corner Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, they have players who can play Plymouth. Mm. No, wasn't playing this game, but they still have players who can play. Look, Atwood can score. Um, we know that um Johnson, the, the guard Taylor Johnson, can score. Um, has quickness. You know, and we know Wiley can score because you know he's shown bits and pieces. He's a perfectly um tenable BBL um BBL player. DeAndre Johnson, um. Has the tools to be really good. Mm. Uh, hasn't quite sure yet, but you know that you know he has the tools. You know you look at him, think there's a player in there, and um, then you have Faulkner and and, and Dusher as well. And then and but the best player in the Plymouth's best player in this game was Joe Hart, and he didn't shoot the ball mm. because when he was on the court, they were he was maneuvering um, the offense in such a way that he was getting the ball where it needed to go, cutting, moving, throwing it in the post playing defence, doing all the little things that help everything else move, right? And um, I thought, they, you know, their, their bench is, is obviously a struggle. Um, at the moment, Dushev is, Dushev is playing distracted, you know, and, and I don't think their chemistry is great, having looked at it. Um, I think bringing in a guy, you know, bringing in Zaire Light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you bring in Faulkner, Faulkner, Faulkner's going to do an interview during the week saying, oh, I just want, um, the headline was, I just want them to hand me the keys. You know, well, what's Dusha think about that? Mm. Dusha's been there, Dusha's been there keeping them afloat for three years. Mm. So now suddenly he's coming off the bench and he's got this new guy who's been there three weeks saying, oh, give me the keys, I'll take over the franchise, all this stuff. you got to earn it first. You know, and and and, and it doesn't, Take much just to, to just to set off kind of a, a set of chain reactions in a group, um, and then you're looking for which of the guys is going to be the one who you know, kind of takes responsibility when things are down, and you haven't seen that yet. No. no. And finally, finally, the biggest problem that they have um, is that they don't have a centre worth a name mm. because he's starting Wiley, who is a four basically. There's DeAndre Johnson, 
um, who is a four. Who he could be a stretch five, but he's basically played like a four. Um, and and Noble has only been playing eight or nine minutes a game, mm. so they are soft centered, and that's a defensively that's very tough to win on the road when you're soft centered. Um, so yeah, they got some things to sort. Um, and it might be personnel related. It might not be. Um, Caledonia, I'm still not sold by. Mm. I mean, in this game, they they were up enough. Um, to be pretty comfortable most of the time. But, you know, when they put that roster together, I think they were expecting a little bit more than, than what they've got at this point in time mm-hmm. Um, in winning games like that. You know, and obviously it's the first game in the new, sorry, second game in the new arena. Um, so there's a bit of a getting to know you situation with that. But, you know, it's still pretty, outside of Dubois is doing a heck of a lot of heavy lifting. For he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. A heck of a lot of heavy lifting. And the only alternative, then when wheeling as well. And I don't know, there's a bit of joie de vivre missing from them at the moment. Mm. You know, they, they look they, they look, they look like I feel, a bit grouchy. <laughs> you know, I don't know, you know, just, just a little bit. Okay. Dave, the Caledonia or the Dave Forrester of British basketball. <laughs> oh, this week. It just looks a bit grouchy. I just don't, you know, and I'm not saying, I don't, I'm not saying that that's a, that's on any of the players or even on the coach. It just hasn't clicked. It's just a, it's a clicking thing. And it's, you know, when you've got it. Mm. And, you, you know, and for instance, at the moment, Cheshire, despite having this relatively similar record to Caledonia, they've kind of clicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But clicking yeah. with yeah, yeah. Caledonia, it all looks a bit hard now. Obviously, the thing with clicking early is that things can degenerate very yeah, 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 quickly. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah. the team that's had to battle through with everything to get to where the coach wants yeah, them, it can be better, be better in the long run. Yeah, it can yeah, be you know, tortoise and hare, can't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that's kind of where they're at. But uh, in relation to this game, there was a limited amount which took my interest. To be honest, yeah. Eleven-two yeah. run just before halftime made it fifty-one-forty-one, and and I put. Plymouth kind of deflated in the second half, which sort of fits with Ooh. your balloon thing. So we're, yeah. we're, 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 we're in sync Energy. with that. Uh, didn't really look like Mountain a comeback. So Debose, 20.7 of 10. Uh, Ali Hodzic, uh, 16.7 of 11. He also had eight rebounds. There's six guys in double figures. Taylor Johnson, 10 of 14 for 26 points. TJ Atwood, 26 points, 12 of 18, shooting eight rebounds. Faulkner, uh, four of 17 shooting for 11 points, but seven rebounds and seven assists. Yeah, and Dusha didn't make a shot either. And that's a problem for them if those guys aren't going to make shots. Um, interesting, you see, because Taylor Johnson's skill set is suited to attacking Caledonia because Caledonia don't have fleet-footed guards. Mm. Taylor Johnson is a quick guard who can who can get into the crevices. And so, so he does well against them. Against that, um, Plymouth really don't have anybody who can body up so Farrow Alhazic has 17 and 8. Mm. And he's only playing 20 odd minutes. You know, so it's not or oh, 17 and 8. So what he's playing 17, 17 and 8 in about 23 minutes. You know, so that's really productive. So but that's because there's no matchup there. Mm. So it's kind of about roster deficiencies. And you know, and, and at this point in the season, coaches have to be looking at, you know, what do we need? You know, where is our weakness? You don't want to be looking at where your strengths are. Mm. You need to look at how do I cover it? How where is my weakness? How do I solve it? Do I solve? Do I cover it up? Can I cover it up? Is there certain ways we can play to cover it up, or do I need something different, or do I need something extra? You know, and that's the the game within a game at the moment that's going on. You know, Plymouth really needs somebody to play in the middle. 
you know, and 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 Caledonia really needs someone to take a bit of pressure off Dubois. Let's go to Friday night. Leicester Riders ninety-one, Surrey Scorchers seventy-four. Even game early on, Surrey knocking down a few shots. Teams trading scores, not really much between them. Yeah, I thought basically as long as um, Leicester refused the defensive rebound, Surrey stayed in the game. Mm. Um, but I think at half time, I, I rather imagine that Leicester got a message about the defensive rebounding because they got a lot better at it in the second half. And um, sorry, again, Surrey's def- sorry, I haven't got a line of the trust yet. Um, defense, you know, defensively, I think they lost Hunt in the second, yeah, middle of the second quarter. Hunt went out with an injury, and and, and it was at about that time. The Leicester then started to build the lead. Mackenzie yeah. and Holmes pushed it out. It's fifty-one forty just before half time. That's a big loss for them. I mean, that really is because you you look at Surrey and Hunt and Jameson are the they have the basis of a reasonable front court. They can both play the five. Mm. Uh, Hunt can step out to the four. They've got there's enough size, enough rebounding there. They're not neither of them is what you describe as overly skilled. Um, but they are both, you know, really, I think potentially really a solid BBL players and a solid BBL front court. Um, but what they have is they have a preponderance of wings. Mm. Yeah. Um, in this game, I felt sorry for Mohammed who started at the four because he, he clearly wasn't finding himself, he was getting frustrated with himself. You know, he wasn't, I was surprised he started the second half, he was struggling to make a play, um, struggling to get, you know, he, I think the second play of the game. Um, Thomas, is it what's his first name? Thomas, how do you, how do you pronounce it? Is it Myron? Myron, Myron, Myron spelled without an O, yeah, 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 yeah. okay. Um, Myron Thomas, um, he's not the not the, the, the kind of the porkiest um four man you'll ever see, mm. not the strongest four man you'll ever see. He took two dribbles with his left hand and just moved Mohammed about four, yeah, you know. And I'm looking at, I think, and look. This kid might Mohammed. He might be a might be a three, but if he if he can't guard Thomas, who is not the strongest four man in the league, yeah, by yeah. Him, it's not Mo Walker backing him. Not down. Mo Walker backing you down, and you moved him too easy. Mm. So I think they have an issue there. But more than that, um, you know, you look at them. They've got Teo, um, Josh Steele, um, then they've got Paddy at Wang, and they've got um, Cooper. That's two of their imports. Basically, not trusted to play ahead of two of the the British guys at that spot. They've got four guys who are all basically three men, and I think they're overloaded there. Mm. I don't think I think it's a problem because I think it means that, they, that some of those guys struggle to get into rhythm. Um, and I think they realistically, particularly with Hunt going potentially going down. Obviously, it's only a week, but you have to work on the fact that you're only you're always one injury away, so you've got to try and. Make sure you got a bit of cover at each possession, but if, if you know if if Hunt goes down, they become very very small. Elliot Bailey stepped in, played okay, um, but you know he's going to be a spot guy to start with at the very at the very most. He's going to be maybe a ten minute guy, mm. um, at that level to, to to get used to it. So, you know, it's tough to see why they've got all those wing players and why maybe they don't need another. They, they need a, they need a proper four man, I think, mm. starting four, mm. and then at the guard spot. They're alternating the three guards, um, but I don't think they're physical enough or better, good enough at the wing for those guards. I think those guards are skilled. Robinson, Gooden, and Lawrence. Lawrence. I think they're very skilled. Um, we know they're very skilled, obviously. 
Um, but they need some, they need a lot of legs next to them. They need some runners, they need some size, they need some athleticism. Um, and I don't think there's quite enough of that to kind of maximize what they do. They probably also need somebody who can create a shot. And that's why Wang is there, I assume. But he hasn't he hasn't taken any steps forward. If if anything, he's possibly taken a step back this year. So you know, that's another situation that you know they've got to look at because they're now what own five, own four? Uh did oh, I uh, print I think it's five, but I didn't print five, the table. Five, so, I mean, yeah. You know, and two you can handle, but once you get to four or five, then suddenly it becomes seven, eight, and you're looking at uh, you know another season on the brink. You know, yeah. Um, probably nice. The the problem um, the problem for them is the history, isn't it? It's the fact yeah. that it becomes a, a culture thing, thing yeah. that they you just go, oh, sorry, lose again. Particularly the the manner of losing at home as well. So yeah, it is zero and five. I've just checked. Yeah, and they're not leads, or they're not leads, or yeah. maybe no, they're not. They're not. They're not. You know, you know they've got they've got some Birmingham. They've got some proper players. They've got mm. some very good players. Mm. Um, but having and that's why I talk about you know the one to ten being probably mm. narrower gap than it probably ever has been. Um, but yeah, you, you just just fear for them because also the other thing is, you know they're, they're zero and five, and and Lawrence and Robinson have basically been healthy outside of Robinson getting an injury five minutes ago in the last game. Yeah, basically been healthy, and you know I'm not sure you can. You can count on them being healthy for thirty-six games on the schedule that we've got. You know, it's so. Yeah, I think they've got. I think they need to have a little rejig of their roster somehow, or at the very least, a little more concentration on who they've got. Leicester, I didn't think Leicester were great in this game. I thought they were off with the rebounding in the first half was pretty scatty, but I thought they tidied it up, and Mackenzie came to the fore and basically pulled them together, yeah. both at the end of the second quarter and subsequently in the game. Yeah. And it, to the point whereby you didn't ever feel like they were gonna they were gonna lose. No. Mid third quarter they had a nine oh run. Uh we're up sixty three, sixty uh forty seven and that was basically the game. Mm. Um, yeah that was when young Mohammed was struggling. He was mm. struggling. Mackenzie uh seven of ten shooting twenty two points six rebounds six assists Holmes, uh, rather bizarre, four of five from three. He was four of four till he missed the last one, but yeah. one of nine from two. Uh, it seems counterintuitive. He's just trying to basically put other teams off the scouting report. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. 18 yeah. points. Uh, Thomas, 14 points and eight rebounds. Uh, Lawrence, 12. Jameson, 11. Robinson, 10. They were 10 of 38 from three and 15 of 40 from two. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. London Lions, 99. Cheshire Phoenix, 80. No Decker and no Taylor for London. No Rye, obviously, still for um, Cheshire. Uh, Philip hitting threes. Matt Morgan getting to the basket. Cheshire not able to knock down the shots that they need to knock down if they're gonna if they're going to win win games. And it's it's nineteen six after five minutes. Yeah, it was after five minutes, but the, the game should have been half time by then because the old bus got stuck. Yeah, didn't it? yeah, they struggled. Yeah, That's yeah. the first one of the season. Yeah. Bus stuck. Um, not an easy place to get to the copper box. Not it's not the worst. It's not Crystal Palace. No, no, no it's not Crystal Palace. To be fair, you know. I Plevin's... was regaling them with tales of woe to Crystal Palace. Yeah. Well, to be honest, Plevin's probably easier to get to than Crystal Palace, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as you know. Um, so yeah, but it's still, still, you you hit the, hit the M25 at the wrong time. It's not great because all these games tip it. Going to seven o'clock, and if you're playing on a Friday night, mm. you're hitting the M25 at five o'clock. It's not the best. 
that's particular the M1 even down there, you know. And with they would probably be in M62, A1M, something anyway. I'm used to it. Um, old memories. Um, but that's not good. So that that's hard um coming into a game late like that. Um they they did okay, but they were never but because they never London were ready and London got off to a fair a fine start. Um then it just became one of those games which, you know, unfortunately, I'm afraid, kind of contributed to my... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They sort of, they hung about. Higher, they, no, it isn't higher, it's just... Kind yeah. of like, mm, yeah. Okay. yeah, you know, you know they, what I mean? Because you, I'm They hung at, about without ever looking like mounting a comeback is what Yeah, exactly. I'm looking at like Cameron um, Holden. And Cameron Holden, definitely Cameron. I'm, I'm, I'm yes. mixing up Gooden and Holden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. going to do me all season. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, Cameron Holden, um, played great, right? But everything he got was to his hard right hand dribble. Mm. Everything, you know. And, and London clearly weren't that fussed enough about him to, to, to try and actually do anything special about that. And he, you know, he made some plays, and and then Ulf comes in and he, he gives them a bit, and and the guy, the guys who are shooters and can, can make shots, but. It was just kind of we're waiting for this game to we're waiting for London just to put that foot down and to step away from it, and that was with Jordan Taylor on the bench, I think. In that yeah, game. and it, it was it was Morgan uh, Matt Morgan with eight in a row in the third quarter that did that to make it sixty three forty seven, and that was. That I'm not was sure how you guard him. I really, no. I really, and in our league, I'm not sure how you guard him. I think you probably guard him with Jordan Taylor at the point and Josh Sharma behind you. But no, no teams in our league have the ability to have that apart from the team he's playing for. Yeah. Um. You know, he has this kind of. A, it's rare that we've had a. It's a long time in actually in the league since we've had a guard, who. You could just, give the ball to at a certain time, and you know you just go off a ten just like that. Because yeah. the scoring guards in our league have, for in the recent past have generally been point guards, guys who handle the ball a lot. You know, and, and and kind of two guard, like a pure scorer type guard. We haven't had that many of them. Um, and a lot of the teams are running flow offenses, which kind of take you away from the the ball in the hands of one player. And he just seems to have the ability to say, okay, it's me now. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. You know, cut, curl, three-point shot, go under a screen, give me the basketball, full court. He scores 10 in two minutes. Yeah, it's yeah. probably three times in, what, three times in, in five or six games already? Yeah, yeah. It means it's not a coincidence. Mm. Um, and I don't really, I'm trying, I'm really trying to kind of think of, even on our teams, anybody who, any kind of two guards who played like that. Leicester team, any of the any of the best, anyone who's good enough to be on a good team. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. not just somebody who's putting up numbers on and also a good team. I'm thinking, no, I'm not. Maybe, maybe Dre Parks would be the nearest one we we came to. We played a year, and he could you could give him the ball and he could just go get a bucket. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, all the other, you know, I just can't think of anybody. He's just a totally different. And he's a different level of Dre Parks. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so we should enjoy him. Mm. Enjoy watching yeah. them. Yeah, you know, let's yeah. be honest. You know, it, it, you know, when people, you know, I'm pretty low on the old. Oh well, the better. It's only worth watching London because they've got the best players. Because to be frank, very few people in this country can distinguish your Matt Morgan from your Dre Parks or whatever. You know, they yeah. can't. But with Matt Morgan, he's a guy I would watch. Mm. He's one of. The, I mean, he's one of the few guys I would actually, you know, say, okay, here's my money. I'll go watch him because. Mm. 
there is a noticeable difference in his in his play. Uh, Connor Morgan, 17 and 8. Matt Morgan, 16. Sharma, 7 of 7 for 16 points. Lions, 58% field goal shooting. Holding, you mentioned, uh, 11 of 15, 27 points. Shagwa, 13 points. Both of those two came off the bench for those uh, 40 points. Uh, Kristen, 12. They were 6 of 19 from three. And a couple of those were in the in the last two minutes, and that's not the way they play the game. They they shoot thirty threes. Well, I mean, Rideau struggled a little bit in this game. He's met. We've been. You know, it's a different level of defense to what he's faced, and also he's just getting off the bus as well, which isn't mm. as hard for a point guard. Mm. Um, so Holden kind of carried them a little bit as he was a bit longer and they were able to get his head down and get the basket. Um, and L- London's defense was okay, mm. but it was what it needed to be. It wasn't anything better than that. Mm. They're not playing to beat teams by fifty because they don't need to. No, I'm worried. What I'm worried about what happens when they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if they do uh, feel it, yeah. Uh, let's go to Saturday. Plymouth City Patriots sixty-eight, Bristol Flyers ninety-two. Noble uh, still out. I assume when Bristol won comfortably on the opening day, their fans broke out the old football chant, "Can we play you every week?" Because they seem to play them every week at the minute. It's not good. It's really yeah. bad. Yeah. Not being. It's really bad. Um. You know, you've got 36 games to play and you're playing the same team three times in four weeks for the mm. first four weeks of the season. That just wouldn't happen in, in any other in any other sport. Maybe it would happen in ice hockey, by the way. Ice hockey, maybe. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But then there's only eight teams. There's only 18. And they, only, and they need to play each other to, to set a lot. You know, Sheffield need to play Nottingham every week, don't they? So they yeah, yeah. Fill you know? the arenas. Yeah. Exactly. I get that. But, you know, we've got... They play more games than us and we've got, you know, 10 teams and... I mean, I went through and looked for a few more anomalies on the fixture list, and they are there. Mm. And you know, and I say it's it's not my my view of it is that it's not a concern for the the owners because ultimately they just want they just want to know what the home dates are. Mm. And if the league says you got to play this team, then the the coaches, you know, complaining about it's kind of a sign of weakness. You know, I don't want to play them three times in four weeks. You know, yeah. coaches, but they don't. They don't. No, they, they don't. don't. They they might not no, say it because they don't want it to sound like that, but they exactly. don't. Yeah. Exactly. So they don't, they don't but they basically they don't um stir the pot. They don't cause any problems about it. And um then the fans turn up anyway because you know 80% of the fans don't know who you're playing at home anyway. Mm. Um maybe that might change. Hopefully it will. And that's um but it's still it not- might to be fair, it might be slightly different given the fan bases of Bristol and Plymouth. Yeah. They yeah. might well know that the that oh, I'm sure particularly they, yeah, that yeah. game, particularly that knowing. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was talking generally. I'm sorry. You know, I agree with you in the general term. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it probably would be, but it's like no, you know, this isn't this isn't something that we should be we should be um, pushing forward at all, and they did, um, and maybe there's no other reason for it, but my guess is that you know the whole thing this this summer wasn't very well run, and I don't think it's. Been, you know, and this is the thing. You know, you know, we're talking about you know making our league into a into kind of that you know really attractive um, situation for advertisers for sponsors. You have to be across the detail to do that. And I don't think we're across the detail at the moment. Um, and the fixture stuff is 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 an absolute um, indication of that. I think, you know, we've all talked in the past about, oh, one team's played 10 games and one team's played five games, and it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, now we've put all these resources into spreading, this, into, um, to spreading the games out in relation to getting them all onto YouTube, all that stuff. 
But it's quite clear to me that the, the actual identity of the team is playing the game wasn't considered to be a priority. In reality, you know, if we were trying to kind of catch up on the, the fandom in this in this country, where basically in the sports that we're used to, you you all play one, you all play the same amount of games. Mm. Certainly in a month, you know, there'll be one or two games out. You know, occasionally a Premier League football team might have a game postponed. There might be, you know, maybe one or two games behind, like Luton were because they didn't have a, a pitch. But never more than one or two. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and they would all, and also, the games are reversible. Mm. So you would play one team, what one part of the season. You play everybody the first part of the season, and yeah. then the second part of the season. Now I appreciate that's not going to be manageable to be in the British Basketball League. You know, that would be a utopia that's never been managed before. Um, but there has to be a, a nod to it. Yeah. A little bit of a just a nod to to it say ought to be closer to be manageable now that we've got Caledonia, Sheffield, Newcastle, uh, Leicester. With the that's right. I mean, for me, it should be non-negotiable. If you're splitting the season in two uh, in January with a trophy competition, then when you get to the beginning of that trophy competition, everyone's played the same amount of games, mm. subject to um, yeah, yeah, experiences. Yeah. You know, like like water flooding in through Birmingham's roof or, mm. you know, or Crystal Palace not being playable because you because the sun's shining through the window. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all that type of stuff, all, all real people, all, yeah. real, you know, <laughs> all yeah. things that happen, all things that have happened. Um, but something like that, you know, we should be on that situation instead. You can have, I wouldn't be surprised, I don't know, I haven't checked, but I'm guessing that by Christmas, London will be eight or nine games ahead of some teams. But well, well uh, I don't know the exact number, but I know Alaska's was going on about how they play 45 games before February or something or other. So they, but, 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 and, and I know that they but interestingly their European schedule is a bit wonky. I mean they play the one game a week but their home away thing is a bit wonky. It's like eight of the first 10 are away or something. I just, I just think you know lessons to be learned it's a big one. So it's, it should be in the box to be ticked. So anyway because of that we got a crap game. Yeah, so tough to watch from a Plymouth perspective. They were twelve-two down after uh, after five minutes, and and then after seven minutes, it was in double figures, and it never got back down into single well, figures. Well, it wasn't, after it wasn't that. a balloon this game, was it? The balloon never no. got blown up. No, I mean, you know, it was a you know it was the dampest of squibs. Yeah, um, and you know it was the type of game which which actually annoys home supporters mm. because you know, and there's a couple of messages about it because it was. To lose the third time within four weeks in that way mm. to a, a team that is getting better, no question, playing better. But, but who who've a just basketball league team, yeah, come back from Crystal Palace. I mean, uh, Plevin. Yeah, you say that, but I'm telling you now, it will have taken the, the Plymouth trip to Caledonia on a Thursday mm. will have taken longer yeah, yeah, rounds than Bristol going to Bulgaria. And that's kind of the, the nonsense of unless they got the plane. I don't think I'm not even sure you can fly from Plymouth to. I think you can fly from Bristol though. Yeah, well. So they could drive two hours to Bristol and fly up. Still not great, is it? And then you you got find East Kilbride on the map. Um. So yeah. So I I don't think that helps either. Um. But Plymouth on a you know that Plymouth Caledonia game on a Thursday night. I'm like you know Caledonia Plymouth have to be played Caledonia after they've played Newcastle or Sheffield. You know, it just has to be an absolute no-brainer. They have to be. They have to do a game on the way, and if they've got to do a night away, they've got to do a night away. If it's a Friday, Sunday, it's a Friday, Sunday. But sending them up there on a Thursday night, and then that has a knock-on because they don't get back until 7 a.m. On, on Friday morning or something silly, right? That means the whole of Friday is gone. That means their body clock is stuffed up, so then they've got to try and practice on Saturday and then be ready for 3 o'clock on Sunday. 
No, this, right. was Saturday night. this was Saturday sorry, night. Sorry, beg your pardon. The body yeah, yeah. clock is gone. Yeah. My fault. This was Raj. My body clock is gone. Yeah. Um, so that you know, so they've lost all the Friday. Mm. By that Thursday, you know, it's just not on, and that is going to impact competitiveness in the league this year if it continues. It always has to a certain degree, but this is a bit of a um, it, 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 it's exaggerated this year because it's Thursday night games. Mm. So a team playing on a Thursday a long way away from home. Is going to have a problem, particularly if a lot of the Thursday night games are going to be in in, in East Kilbride, you know. Um, so I felt a little bit for them in that way, but ultimately, you know, they they played like they didn't really like each other. I'm afraid um, they didn't have any faith in each other. That's probably a better way of putting it. Um, you didn't see. I couldn't tell you other than Joe Hart. I'm not sure I could tell you who the leader is on that team. And Joe hasn't played for 18 months, so it shouldn't be him. It shouldn't have to be him. Um, but he's the the only one doing things which I, I think are close to kind of linking you in with winning, if that makes any sense. Um, so they're going to have to get together very quickly. I think Drew mentioned on the commentary a players only meeting, something like that. Um, you know, that's the type of game which loses people's jobs, unfortunately. You know, you know, you can't lose that way at home, not from the very beginning, without not even a run, never even had a run. And, Fair. Last year, you know, last year they had, you know, Rashad Hassan would drop them 20, whatever. Mm. And they haven't got that. I know they've got Atwood, but Atwood's a bit different. Atwood kind of picks his spots. I'm yet to be convinced about Atwood not just being a, a good stats, bad team player. Mm. That makes any sense. It doesn't mean he's, he's a bad team. It doesn't mean he's not playing for the team. He is. But he's a guy who's putting up numbers on bad teams or teams that aren't winning. And he has to demonstrate, I think, to um, that, you know, he's, if, he, if you're averaging 24 points a game and you can score at the clip that he can, and he's really talented, you can see that. Somewhere along the line, that has to that has to relate to winning. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to get that rep of a guy who puts up good numbers on a team that wins six games in a season. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 you know, whether that means, it, whether it's him who has to pull them together, whether Dusha and Falcon have to get together and figure it all out, you know, I don't know, but they got to do something. Bristol, just yeah, just just really did everything that they were meant to do. I thought, mm-hmm. um, can't you know they have? I did. I thought um, for a team that's played in three times, Plymouth's perimeter day on them was pretty awful. Um, you know, watching Trajan Jacob come up off a handoff, catch the ball, square up, and, and shoot a three. You know, which he's going to make because he's a forty percent three point shooter. At that clip was just pretty depressing. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, that th- there wasn't much understanding of. Um, of what they needed to do, and to a certain degree, you know, they, you know, you, you go back two years, the guy who they missed is a guy who's playing on the other team. Uh, who's that? Raul Graham Bell. Oh, Graham Bell, yeah, 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 two yeah, years ago. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he had that kind of bounce and that kind of enthusiasm, yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of um, vitality about him, and and he's kind of bringing that to Plymouth to Bristol a little bit, mm. and and I thought it was really noticeable how much. Plymouth were missing that, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, in that game. Um, so Atwood, 14.6 rebounds, 14 minutes played. Uh, DeAndre Johnson, 14 points. Wiley, 11. They were 37% field goal shooting, twenty-seven, uh, 7 of 27 for 3. Hollison, 8 of 11 shooting, 23 points. Green, 15 and 9. Uh, Keedy Johnson, 14. 12 of 27 for 3. They won the rebounding, 45-32. And... Uh, well, the in the team index is always a a, a weird mm. old stat, but one hundred and sixteen to sixty seven. Ouch! Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, just on Olison, Olison, we're kind of taking for granted a bit, but he is, he is expanding his game. You can mm. see it. Yeah, he's a threat from anywhere, threat from anywhere, twenty-eight feet in. But he has that. Drew again commented on it. He has that kind of poise about him, which tells everybody that he understands what's going on and he knows which are good shots. He doesn't see him shooting many bad shots, mm. even long shots, even shots which are four or five feet outside the three-point line. You know, he's really. Um, He's really taking a step. He's going to be a pretty good pro for quite a long time, I think. Uh, right. Second game on Saturday. Manchester Giants 94, Leicester Riders 80. Uh, Robertson was out. Obviously, they're still missing Lee as well. This was almost literally score for score in the first quarter. Leicester scored two baskets in a row in the third minute. And Manchester got two in a row right back. But everything else was alternate scores in the quarter to 28-27 at the end of the first. Yeah, the kind of game that you don't like if you're on the back, or the kind of quarter you don't like if you're on the first end of it, on, on the back end of a back-to-back. Mm. Because it gets it, because from Leicester's perspective, who played the night before, Manchester get into rhythm. Um, and Manchester are going to have more legs than Leicester. Mm. That's the reality of it. Um and everybody got good, everybody got shots, and um the defense on both teams was not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always more sustainable for the team that hasn't played the night before and the team that's playing at home. The and- the the same thing happened in the second quarter. Leicester scored the first five points, then they went score, score, you score, we score, and then Manchester hit four in a row just before halftime. So it was 45 46. Yeah, it struck us as one of those games that you know who's going to score last. That's what it seems. Yeah, to be. yeah, yeah. Uh, who's going to have the ball last? Um, and you know, Leicester had a, a little bit of foul trouble. Um, played Law a lot. I think Law's becoming their kind of blue guy. Um, because he played thirty odd minutes in this game, and I think he's a little bit more experienced and probably not quite as. Flake is too too hard a word. I wouldn't up say and down. up and down. Yeah, yeah quite yeah. emotional. Whatever. Just because the reality is the two leading scorers Leicester had in this game, uh, I think were one for nine combined in the the night before. Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, you have to remember when you're dealing with um, rookie Americans in particular, yeah. it's very rare that they will have played at college back to back games. Yeah, yeah. You know that you do You play maybe if you're in the tournament at the end of the season. That's tournament basketball, and everyone's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because because Drew actually rang me in the day because he he was um he was obviously at the Lions game and I'd done the Leicester game, so he rang me to say what happened with the Leicester game, and I said, uh, I, I said I didn't have the numbers to me, but I said Pinson and Asbury had whatever they combined was, and I says I bet you they both score tonight because they didn't last night. And that's yeah, it, yeah, yeah, that's right, and they come out of it. And um, so yeah, but then they got they got little from um, Thomas, and unfortunately they couldn't get Bridges on the court because mm. because Manchester's matchups meant Manchester's losing losing their two big guys, Roberto and Lee, meant that Stampley started to play at the five spot. Stampley makes a couple of threes mm. early on, and his quickness um, impacted Leicester's ability to play Bridges. Bridges only played like twelve or thirteen minutes. Walker played four or five minutes and they went a lot smaller the rest of the way, you know. And at that point, I still thought Leicester would win at half time mm. because I thought they were, the shots they were getting were better than Bristol's, than Manchester's shots. 
But Manchester played pretty well, certainly offensively. Jamel obviously is 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 got a no substitution clause in his contract. <laughs> um, you know, and then you've got you've got all these little guards, Boussier, Walsh, um, Harris. Not sure what's going on with McNeil. He hardly mm. played. Um, uh, who are all kind of comfortable with with getting the ball, attacking, scoring, and pushing it. Mm. And when Leicester's offensive discipline broke down in the third quarter, Manchester got out and ran. Mm. That was what changed the game. Leicester's offensive discipline um, really, really broke down. Let's get to the interesting call in the third quarter. Uh, six, oh, that one, yeah, six forty-two to go. It's an out of bounds Giants ball. Uh, I, to be fair, I wasn't a hundred percent sure that it hadn't come off Walsh on the way out, but it is a Manchester ball. Uh, end line ball. Asbury coming around a screen. Commits a foul by pushing Anderson. The ball is in Borsia's hands at this stage. He then inbounds it and Harris scores a three. And Paul Unsworth, who's called the foul, gives the basket as well. And it's it's one of those where when the foul initially starts, it's, the ball is definitely in his hands. It might have carried on to the point at which the ball is released from the passer's hands. But, but it wasn't even close to him catching it and then shooting Shooting well, a three. Thing, you see, at that point, it's the referee is looking at the foul. Yeah, exactly. Right? So he needs, at that point, a bit of help from somebody else Yeah, looking at the ball. It's, it's the baseline ref needs to say it was up or it wasn't up by the time you... I mean, I mean the baseline ref seeing the, seeing the contact... I can understand that the ball's in his hands and you're 50-50. Yeah. And there's actually a call, which I think in the London game, um, which... I thought it was also a pretty horrible call when they gave a three when someone set an illegal screen to set it up. Mm. Um, it might have been... I can't remember it, but I remember it was a, they gave a three and an offensive foul. And it was like, you, know, you can't reward the shooter with a three if the only reason he's open is because you've set an illegal screen. Yeah. Um, but this one, no, it just needed a bit far better communication. Mm. You know, because um, there's no harm in the ref calling the foul and going over and saying, look, I don't think, I'm not sure. Yeah. Whatever didn't see when the ball was inbounded, but um, it might have been by the time he blew his whistle and had his fist in the air, the ball was in the air, but it wasn't. But it wasn't close. It was. It was yeah. a miles away. And if the ball in the shooter's hands, it's one thing, but when the ball's still in the inbounder's hands, it's something totally different, you know. Um, so they then, gave that. They gave that three, and then Walsh scored on the inbound, and then Walsh scored again, and that was the first time in the entire game that either team had made three consecutive field goals, and the yeah, first one basically like shouldn't that. have been given. Um, and yeah, and um, well, obviously they had two consecutive possessions rather helped, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but also there was a call down the other end then when Lawton got called for a, a foul. Yeah, I've got, that's my next thing. Is the yeah. It's the next play uh, after the 7-0 run. Pinson drives to the basket. I'm not sure that Lawton fouls him, if I'm honest well, with you. Him, but there's a foul call, but it's a most blatant basket interference. He's pushed the rim up and it's like, how can you not give a basket? It's, Somebody no, no, must me, have was... seen the bar out of the three of them. No, for me it was it was a goaltend. It wasn't a foul. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was it. You know, and then so you, at that point you kind of, oh, what's going on here? We're going a bit, mm. we're going around in circles. There was also before that. Obviously, there was also the the the, the Asbury subplot as well, which is the first time we've actually got anything from those most of those cameras. When um, at the end of the timeout, Rob's saying to Caleb Asbury, "Do you want to play or not?" All right now, you see, I had the rugby on dual screen, so I missed oh, you that. You didn't bit. see that. Well, that, yeah, actually, yeah. that actually happens coming out. It's like audibly you catch it. He says twice, 
as and the commentators comment on as well. Do you want to play or not? As he's walking up the town, do you want to play or not? And then Rob does that look to his assistant, which is like, you know, kind of what what's going on with him? And that's a rookie thing again. Mm. You know, he's probably he's said something back in the in the at the um in the timeout that he shouldn't have said. Mm. And there's times when you've got to bite, you know, you have to bite your lip and you have to you have to avoid it. Now, it obviously wasn't particularly damaging because he came back in the game at the beginning of the fourth quarter. So it's not like he crossed a particular bridge that you can't cross, but it puts everybody on edge. It's not a question about what the coach and the player who've had that little kind of verbal disagreement think about. It's what the other guys are having to, to handle as well, because it just puts everybody on edge. Like what, what's going on? So now you rewind that, have a look at that. It was, it was pretty noticeable. Um, but, and that was kind of, and they just weren't ready for the double header. I don't think, I don't think some of those, those lesser guys were, um, were quite ready for it. Um, and Manchester, you know, other than the past, other than when Leicester went to a zone and Manchester tried to figure out where the basket was for about three minutes. So, um, so Giants had a 16-4 run to lead 76-60 late in the third. I think this is the bit that you're talking about now. Lowell and Asbury hitting three pointers either side of the fourth quarter break. Leicester posted 11 in a row, got it to 78-73. But Anderson then five points in a 9-0 response and Giants, Giants were comfortable home. Well, they were comfortable. I mean, they they spent, you know, they've got Giants are interesting because they played um Nick Lewis is basically the backup point guard. Bossier played a reasonably well, but wasn't trusted in the fourth quarter. Nick Lewis comes in as a point guard. That's kind of tough because he's not really a point guard. He's you know, it takes away he can be a point guard, but it takes away from what he can do really well, which is which is scare you on the perimeter and open on the floor. Then for about about three minutes to go. Um, Harris became the point guard, and Harris looked like he'd never been a point guard in his life because he committed one eight-second violation walking the ball of the court. Mm. I think the possession before was an eight-second violation as well, walking up the court. Um, and they didn't get into anything at all, and they were playing for a minute and a half. They were playing not to lose, obviously. So they ran the clock down, they changed everything. But Leicester, at this point, Leicester themselves had kind of not imploded, but they, they weren't all there because McKenzie wasn't in the game. McKenzie struggled in this game. Mm. Um, and I, uh, you know, that's a couple of times. It, McKenzie's kind of a a leader by example. And if everybody else isn't doing what they want, I think that impacts him. If everybody else isn't being what they're meant to be, I think that's impacted him in a couple of games this season. So he was off the court at the end as well, um, which is unusual because you'd normally expect him to be the one who's kind of leading them back. And the game kind of fizzled out because Leicester couldn't make the shots that if they made a couple of shots, yeah, yeah, the game was on because Manchester were not comfortable defending that lead, even up 11 with with two minutes to go. The game was yeah. actually still on, but Leicester just couldn't quite, um, couldn't quite make plays because they were just a little bit, a little bit gone as well. Then we had, um, at the end, we had the 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 Jalen, the Jalen, um, Holmes, Jaron Holmes, um. Second rookie initiation of the season after trying to call a timeout in one of the games. Um, we had the um, the rookie who doesn't understand points difference who decided he was going to pick an argument with Nick Lewis when Nick Lewis made a late with seven seconds to go. You know, all we're missing now is the rookie who doesn't understand. All we're missing now is for him to kind of complain when someone strikes the ball off the rim. You've got the full <laughs> rookie initiation hazing ceremony. Um, yeah, yeah. Some, you know, so and that's not he's not the first, he won't be the last. You know, no, no, no. understand, you know, it's no. just. It's a respect thing, and I don't get it. Um, but and it, and to be frank, when there was three teams 
when you play Egypt three times, it didn't matter. Didn't matter. So you didn't four times it does. Yeah. And so yeah. that would that be explained to him. So yeah, just you know, Leicester, a young team, fought they'd won four in a row. Um, it was coming in for and the second mm. they were back to back. Mm. Um, it's hard, you know. <laughs> you just you, you you don't um the only way you can get ex- you can't inject experience into people. No, no. You have to let it. them go through it, mm-hmm. you know. You have to find a way of managing it as they do. Manchester, yeah, they, they play well. They made a ton of shots in their own gym. Their Americans stepped up. Harrison Stampley in particular um, really stepped up. And um, they, they weren't, I don't think, hampered particularly by not having Roberton mm-hmm. because that you change the way you play then. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. Roberton's in the game, maybe Bridges in the game for longer. Yeah, maybe yeah. in the game for longer. Maybe that benefits Leicester. Mm. So it's a question of, oh, well, one guy short and we still weren't there for, we'd have been yeah. much yeah, yeah. Be game. He, even though he's been playing well this year as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying it yeah, yeah. wouldn't have helped them. I'm not saying coach because Lawton got into foul trouble and got hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Lawton. Lawton's played really well for them. Um, but still, it changes the game entirely. Yeah, it does. But sometimes, yeah. you know, having playing uh, fearlessly and, and having to play small, you know, you can run that for a game or two and you can win with that. Yeah. Harris, 20.6 rebounds. Anderson, 19.7 rebounds, six assists, six steals, 40 minutes. He'd have played 42 if you'd let him. Yeah. Uh, Stampley, uh, 13 and seven rebounds. Uh, Pinson and Asbury both had 15. Lowell had 11, the only three in double figures for Leicester, who were 43% from the floor and seven of 23 from three. Uh, final two games on Sunday before we we need to be quick now. We're getting closer to, to today's game. Uh, Sheffield, Sheffield night. I'm not watching half past eight today's game. I'll fast forward through the two minutes. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield 96, Caledonia 78. Gladiators really struggled to score early on. They had two layups in the first six minutes, which were their only field goals. Uh, of the opening six minutes, and Sheffield were out to a seventeen-six lead. Yeah, I mean that. I think the two layups they had was one was Dubois and another one was a Dubois steal. Yeah, the the first so, one was the first the the first one was I think the first play of the game or the second play. Yeah, of the game. I mean, I remember thinking after about five minutes that if Dubois doesn't create something, they've mm. got nothing. Um, because you had um Onras, who's not really got an offensive role in particular. Kind of hustle guy, cutting guy. Um, you have Ali Hodzic who was going up against Coke, who's got a couple of inches on him. He's a tough guy to score on one on one. And Ali Hodzic isn't really the guy who you just give the ball to 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 make an offensive play. He's the guy who kind of knits everything together, dribble handoffs, rolls, moves, makes all the smart plays. But he's not he's not a fantastic finisher. And um, the um, Impalzia, who is Pulitzer, who is basically a shooter. And therefore need somebody to get him open. And it was all on Dubois. And it didn't work. And Sheffield are without doubt the best defensive team in the league at the moment. It's just not it's not a comparison with anybody else that I can see. Um they don't they're not fouling as much. They've kind of cut that down and they all understand the need to both pressure physically and also when to be when to help. There's a lot more help about them. Ramsey in particular is is quick. And they brought um, Allen off the bench and he fitted in really well in this game coming off Yeah, the he came on. He scored eight in a row and then Stewart scored five of nine in a row. The bench actually were outscoring the starters after about 15 minutes. Sheffield were out to 36-19. Yeah, and there's no no excuse on Caledonia on this one because, you know, they, were, they, they played on at home on Thursday night. 
they travel down to Sheffield on a Saturday, they have a practice on a Saturday night. Um, you know, they, they should have been ready for that game. Um, and, and they, they didn't give the impression that they that they were ready for it. Or alternatively, they which might be the case, they, they've got some issues to resolve in relation to scoring the ball regularly in the BBL. And they're another team which is a little bit like Surrey. Um, they're a bit overloaded at the wing spot because they have um Paliza Paliza. Paliza, okay, I beg your pardon for um Paliza and um, Buttrick, um Kyle Johnson, who's basically a wing, um, Fraser Malcolm, and Onwas. Mm. That's five guys, you know, who are pretty who are, there's not much to distinguish them. Certainly off the dribble, there's not much to distinguish them. Kyle Johnson's probably got a little bit more off the dribble. Um, but the other four, you know, are you know, are, are basically fin- guys who are going to finish players, shooters, whatever, or, or hustle players. And that puts a lot onto the guards. It re- because neither um, Mua nor Ali Hodzic is a is an out and out big man scorer. And Mua didn't shoot the ball in 17 minutes in this mm. game. You know, you got a big guy in the court for 17 minutes and he didn't get a shot. That's not the way of getting him to play hard, feet and touching the ball. So they've got that. And then the, 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 the guard spot, they've got, you know, two point guards on the roster who aren't playing in Bunyan and Jovicic. And, and not Bunyan and, and Jimenez, sorry. Um, Jovicic, who actually played quite well in this game, made some shots, but he had 16 and they still got beat by 20. Mm. And then um, Dubois and Whelan, who have got a massive load, mm. I think. And and unfortunately, against some teams who aren't quite where they need to be defensively, um, they will get they will carry that load. But Dubois had eight turnovers, seven assists, and eight turnovers in this game. Mm. That's a hell of a lot of usage. Twenty points, seven assists, and eight turnovers. Mm. That suggests that the ball's ending up in your hand a lot of the time. And he's playing. I think he's doing everything the coach could ask. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in any way critical of him for having the turnovers. It's just a question of how much he's having to do, mm. which is really impacting them. Um, so you they've got to make some assessments as to um you know where is their offense going to run through i think i think they're a very equal opportunity at the moment but the problem with equal opportunity is it means that the ball moves around but it basically ends up back in the hands of Debosa Whelan. Mm-hmm. um and it's they're in they're in some pretty patterns but they weren't in this game and then the other end of it sheffield you know are moving the ball really nicely kept and Nichols not missing kept back not missing a shot and, and and fitting in like you'd expect. You know, there are a bunch of pretty seasoned vets apart from, you know, as you say, Alan and Stewart, mm. who are both guys who are clearly capable, have got enough going for them and appear to have bought in to, to what the coach wants. And the rest of them are, are, are you know, vets. Adekoya fits in as the stretch and people aren't guarding him properly. Mm. And then um, the balls are being moved around. The ball's been around, so yeah. it's focus on any of them. Yeah. Um, so other than Bennett tiptoeing the lane a couple of times, I can't find anything bad to say about Sheffield. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and actually more, and even that's more on the ref who's looking at the basket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead yeah. of looking, you know, instead of doing what the European ref was doing, which is checking his toes. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I thought Sheffield. You know, um, we 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 might have to get to that kind of conclusion that you know Sheffield off a real. Uh, they have to do it on the road, and they have to actually score some points on the road. I think that's the, probably the, the thing they have to do. But they've they've they certainly enjoy the new arena. Yeah, yeah. And they scored eighty six last week on Newcastle. They scored ninety six on Caledonia. Yeah. You know their weaknesses is can they can they get over that? Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. 
70 point barrier. That's the, that's the thing we say, oh, but you could, but defensively, they won't let it get away from them. So they can still exactly. win in the So, so if at the point, you know, yeah. they're going to drain tipples down. If they can keep yeah. the score with the degree of, um, the, the degree of precision that they are, yeah, you know, it may well be that, you know, we were looking at them kind of separating themselves a little yeah. bit. Yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely on my, uh, on my upward trajectory list, Sheffield. And as opposed to Plymouth being on your spiral list. Yeah, they, if I had a if I had a spiral watch, they would they would be on it. Yeah. Unfortunately, my spiral watch is broken. The yeah. <laughs> the um, right the Nichols, uh, they to be honest with you, Caledonia never looked like having enough offense to make a comeback, no. and Sheffield were really good. Uh, Nichols fourteen, Pipkins thirteen, out of queer thirteen, five guys in double figures, forty two bench points, twenty two points off turnovers. Uh, just all the good stuff, really. Yeah. Uh, Debose twenty points and seven assists. I wasn't going to mention the turnovers, but you already did. Jovicic uh, five or seven uh, for sixteen points. Butrick um, fourteen points. I was going to mention they had twenty-one turnovers as a team, yeah, uh, which didn't help them. Uh, let's go to the last game. Northwest Derby, obviously, still no Riley or Robertson uh, for Cheshire Phoenix eighty-three, Manchester Giants sixty. Seven Nicks out to an 11 4 lead, but Anderson and Stampley hit some threes. Giants took a bit of a lead late on in the first quarter. You always think on the back to back that the 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 team on the back to back probably will go for a quarter or, or, or maybe a half before it starts to wear on them. Yeah, well, certainly our experience was always that when I was coaching. It was like the first half we would be great, mm. ball would be in rhythm and played last night, the ball would be moving. Um, everybody would be kind of high, but the problem with that is that you've got if you've got a vet team, then then the ball starts. You know, eventually, the other team. If you get up early as well, the other team then plays harder mm. and and faster, which is the least thing you want. You want you want the slow down game in the second half, and your legs kind and you kind of kind of hanging on happen to us on multiple games. But um, I never thought. Yeah, Manchester were. Yeah, this was this was as pretty straightforward a schedule game as you will ever see. I thought the highs of winning on the Saturday night, then going to Cheshire, who'd been waiting for them. Um, and Cheshire didn't actually play great. You know, they were, they were kind of, in the first half, it was kind of who can blow the the, the most wide open layup imaginable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were challenging each other for it. Mm. And, um, you know, Skyler wasn't shooting the ball particularly well, but Maceo was, to be fair. Mm. Um, but their energy was, I thought, Greater than Manchester's, mm. and I don't think you can run. It's tough to run. You're running, running the same guys. Manchester coach is basically running Jamal forty minutes. Then mm. you know a bunch of guards and Lawton who's got a dodgy ankle. Uh, you know, and um, that against that Cheshire team, that's hard because they're they are long in the guard spot. Mm. Holden, mm. Stevens, Jack. Um, you know they're all guys who can. Even Rideau, you know, they're all guys who got a bit of physicality about them. Mm. And um, Manchester don't really have that. Their guards are a bit smaller, Harris, Boussier and co. And um, they didn't really just have the kind of the, the threes that they were hitting against Leicester weren't dropping, the legs mm. weren't quite there. And um, and and he just felt it was a question of time before Cheshire pulled away. Yeah, Christian Jack Stevens White hit threes. Nick's uh, edged away in the second quarter. They led by ten at half time, and then in the third quarter, uh, Jack with five, Ulf with four in a twelve-two run. Ulf, Ulf 
played really well in that little spell where they blew it out to 60-38. And he looked like game over at that point. But to be fair to the Giants, they started the fourth quarter with the 7-0 run. Got it yeah, to Cheshire were a bit happy on the bench. You yeah, know? they were a bit Look, happy. Aaron Rye reminded me of Ali G with his cap on backwards, and and um, oh, lots of high fiving and slapping and giggling and jumping up and down and doing the the funny signs. And I think they are a team based on vibes, so I'm not knocking mm. that. Um, but I also I thought they lost their focus a little bit at the beginning of the quarter in Manchester. Um, came back to be fair to them and made some plays. Yeah, and then Anderson hits a ridiculous three. Lewis. Hits another one and they got it. They got it to eleven, but not not quite enough. I've cashed out by then, Dan. Didn't you? Oh, you? There you go. Betting with Dave. Uh, so Jack, twenty-four points, five of ten from three-point range, and six rebounds. Holden, twelve point seven rebounds, six assists, four steals, and seven drawn fouls. Yeah. Uh, Stevens, uh, eleven uh, point eleven points, and they had twenty-three points off. Uh, turnovers as well. Anderson appears to be feast or famine, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really. He's, he's one game, he's, he's unstoppable. The next game, he's not there. We're yeah. being a rookie. Anderson, 16. Lawton, 16, 7 of 8 uh, shooting. And yeah. Stampley, 8 points and 10 rebounds. Brings us to the end of the weekend. And we've got 37, is it 7 o'clock or 7.30? It must be 7.30, must it? It's probably 7.30. Yeah, yeah, so we got an hour. We can't be getting to North London by 7 o'clock, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, so uh, we've got about an hour to to kill before Newcastle uh, take I on London. The kids or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's ditto. Last, got one upstairs. That's it on, on Friday, so it's probably... <laughs> so am I working next Sunday? I haven't looked ahead. I'm supposed to. Have you got any more... Any more... Grumpy old man rants while I look at my calendar. I can't think of anything to be honest. Um, kind of, I've got it all out. I think. Mm. I just, um, I'm still, I'm still. Oh yeah, um, Youngblood. That's the thing. Youngblood yeah. gets credit this week for calling the the five minute seven second timeout. Five In minutes seven second timeout. Yeah, he called. He called a timeout of five minutes seven seconds to go with. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to make himself yeah. popular. You know, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's get the timeout seven seconds before the one we need to. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not. A fan. I'm still not. A fan. I'm not going to get my head around that. It's, yeah. This this whole, you know, stop the game just for no particular purpose. Yeah. But anyway, that, so that, I am doing London against Surrey, which is a four thirty tip off on Sunday. So there might be a possibility of. I think you should fly about by helicopter. Helicopter, the back for the you know, I mean, thing, I understand yeah. it's budget, no option, no noise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure that's sure quite that how I. Uh, know maybe I could. Maybe maybe you could do it from you know from BBL headquarters. So right. We could have the ability of being criticised <laughs> by from under the own. <laughs> yeah. so we might so we might be back on sunday if i can get back in time m1 m1 dependent i think is the yeah. uh is the answer to that um but for now in, enjoy the basketball we've got caledonia playing this week as well and they're going to romania the first european uh uh group game for them in the fiba europe cup yeah. um so nice. Yeah, we will. Enjoy whatever you watch. Dave and I will be back hopefully next Sunday, possibly Monday, to do it all over again. But for now, goodbye. Goodbye.